So today we're talking about dreams. Um, so, you know, I figure before we jump into conversations about how God uses dreams and why God uses dreams, and maybe even some advice on what people should do if they have a dream that they think is from God. Uh, I think it'd be cool to just share some some dreams that we've had that we felt were more than just um, uh, the, the the normal stuff that happens when people fall asleep. So, uh, what are what are some dreams that you've had uh, that strike you as being vivid and perhaps messages from God? Yeah, there are so many dreams I could talk about. I could easily talk for more than a few hours about it. But the two themes that I realize that currently go through or run in my dreams are the theme of what I feel called to and as well, like a response to how my soul is actually doing. The first theme in response to my call, I've I've debated within the past year since this year's a year transition with COVID. I'm in seminary, finished up my second year recently. And I entered seminary wanting to be a professor. But at this point that has changed. I've felt a strong call to pastoral ministry and I believe I had a dream that helped me make this decision. And it's actually something that prompted me to call you or reach out to you this past January. Hmm. I remember wanting to be a professor, didn't enjoy some of the things I did as a course assistant this past semester. And I remember having a dream. And two things happened in this dream. I was teaching a class in a church that looked a lot like the training room in this church since I've taught a class here before in undergrad and as well as sitting in a coffee shop talking to someone about Jesus. Mm. And in this dream, I remember feeling so alive. I remember I felt no anxiety in this dream. I just was talking to someone about Jesus in a coffee shop. And I was talking about how he frees us from the acts of religion, how Jesus Christ gives us this new way of living and that all he wants to, to be is in a relationship with us. And I remember waking up from that dream a night after I had a difficult a difficult conversation with someone, whether or not I would really want to be a professor or a pastor or not. And I was feeling so much joy. I'm like, that dream was not me being a professor yeah. in a college or a seminary. Yeah. This dream was me sitting down with someone, talking to someone about Jesus and teaching someone. I was like, that dream holds significance. I think God was trying to tell me something. Mm. And ever since I've had that dream, and ever since I started this internship, I've had that joy repeatedly. Mm-hmm. This joy of teaching people about Jesus and telling people about Jesus. I'm like, I can't, I can't shake that was just some random dream. That had to be a God telling me this is what I want you to do. Yeah, I mean, the timing of it seems um, like God's way of perhaps guiding you in a specific direction. Cause that's, that's, that's really a pivotal moment uh, for you. Um, being a professor and being a pastor, you know, those paths cross um, a lot, but it's still a decision on how you're going to spend the next few years of your life because becoming a professor means a lot more uh, education, right? Mm-hmm. Being a pastor means going towards ordination, which is both of those are processes that take a few years. So perhaps that timing, it was God's way of um, giving you the confidence to go in one direction or another direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, feel, I feel that. I think I feel like I really feel like that was a dream. God was trying to tell me something. And then this other dream, this theme has been following me 
for years, ever since I was like in third grade. Before we started recording this podcast, I told Meshach about a time I heard a pastor say, the devil is knocking on your door. And I thought that meant that the devil was going through America and knocking on all the doors to see who would let him in. He probably is, but go ahead. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> One of my worst dreams to realize as a child. Um, but this theme, I remember having dreams that I would be in this hellish land- landscape and that demons would be around me. Or demons would be appearing at random parts and dreams that were supposed to be happy. And I remember I'd be so shaken up after having those dreams. And there was nothing that I can do, and there was no one that would be able to help me in those dreams. And I think since that's a reoccurring theme, that's something that should be paid attention to. Do you still have dreams like that? No. So that's actually something that I've realized. I still have dreams where demons appear in them. Do I think Do I think sometimes those dreams are pointing to some sort of evil presence? Sometimes I do, in all honesty. But the dreams that I have are no longer painted by me not being able to overcome the evil one. But rather, there's this, always this power that's flowing through my hands, and I'm mm-hmm. able to exercise these demons from my dreams. Have you thought about, have you paid attention to what happened before you had a dream? Like, especially a dream like that, if it's recurring. Have you paid attention to uh, what you watched or, you know what I mean, to see if there was something that was... Um, leading you to dream like that? Because I, I know in many cases, my wife, for example, if we, when we were reading through Harry Potter together, she would always have dreams about um, wizards and, and Quidditch and stuff like that. Did you pay attention to see if there's something that was precipitating those dreams in particular? I did try to. I don't, I don't watch scary movies nor do I read any type of Stephen King novels. Mm-hmm. Stephen King, let me just defend my guy real quick. I love Stephen King. Okay, He's phenomenal. Good. He's not just a horror guy. He he has some, but he has some, just for the listeners, he has some other ones that aren't in the horror genre. So yeah. go ahead. Just had to stand up for my boy real quick. He's uh, a phenomenal storyteller. Yeah. Deserves to be held on a pillar for what he's done. But yeah, I've not, I didn't read any sort of, demon stories didn't watch any sort of those movies i would just be i would just have those dreams i have no earthly idea why um and i even remember there are a few times this is maybe this is gonna sound strange but i always sleep with my bible right next to me or my prayer beads Mm -hmm. right next to me because if i don't i'll have those type of dreams wow so that's interesting man it is interesting. I have an I have a Bible that has Jesus Christ the teacher icon icon it's an icon of him on the Bible. So um I won't sleep with I won't sleep if there I don't have a Bible or something like that next Even to Even to me. this day. Even to this day. And wow. if I don't, I'll have those dreams. Oh my goodness. So I don't know what to do with that. So, you know, it's it's interesting. It's scary to think about um having those dreams since I was like in third grade of this hellish landscape. And the last time I had that dream was in February. And I don't want to talk about it too much because it did shake me up that morning on the way to church. Um, but this demon, this demon was back and I couldn't do anything about it. But then I had 
a group of my friends from seminary around me and they are able to cast out the demon in the dream in the dream yeah man okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's pretty intense man yeah man i don't know what to do with it i don't know if it's just my mind tricks playing tricks on me after um or spiritual warfare or what but well i mean we Yes, I guess we can talk a little bit about that later on, but it, it seems to me that uh, when dreams are recurring, and, and by the way, neither Tyler uh, or myself are, you know, we're not claiming to be experts in dream interpretation or anything like that, uh, but there are some things that you don't have to be an expert to pick up on uh, the fact that something's going on here. Mm -hmm. um, repetitive dreams usually have that nature where if someone is going to be making a big decision, for instance, they'll have similar kinds of dreams where just because of the stress uh, that they're experiencing mentally, it leads them to think about certain things and dream certain ways. So the fact that that's a recurring dream for you, I do think that there is something to it. I don't know what that something is, but it's encouraging to hear that the dream shifted away from uh, this these demonic figures oppressing you and into this place where even though the demons are present there's also the power to exercise those demons that appears in different ways um yeah yeah so at least at least that turn has taken place you know mm -hmm. and i'm thankful for that because i remember like waking up frightened from those dreams and maybe they were just like monster dreams too i remember one dream was just a monster underneath my bed trying to grab my feet mm -hmm. other dreams clearly had a different kind of atmosphere about them yeah so Meshach, i know you've shared in your sermons you've had some pretty powerful dream experiences that had um, biblical significance um, do you want to yeah. share those dreams um, yeah i'll share one that i recently had as little as two weeks ago or maybe three weeks ago but uh, whenever I have a dream that's vivid, I will wake up and try to write it down just because um, I, I rarely ever remember my dreams. And if the dream has any kind of coherence to it, I'll write it down. Because if I do remember dreams, most of them are incoherent. Like, you know, I was, I was running and then I was here and then I was there and then someone said this, and but they don't make sense. But sometimes I have dreams that are so put together that even though it's almost like that movie Inception, even though strange things are happening, there seems to be a link between them. Mm. So a few weeks ago, I had one where um, I was preaching in front of a very large crowd. It wasn't a church. It was just a big auditorium. Um, and while I was preaching, a commotion began to take place in the audience, um, just people talking. You know what I mean? People are usually at least you hope that when you're preaching, people are going to be quiet. But in this dream, I'm preaching and people just begin talking to one another uh, and standing up and they're really animated in the audience. And as I, as I continued preaching, the commotion eventually moved from the audience onto the platform. So people left their seats and came up on the stage on the platform uh, where I was. And so I'm on stage trying to settle everybody down. And a church member that I meet with uh, quite frequently, um, he he came up to me. He was still down in the plat in the uh, the seated area, and he saw me on the platform trying to calm everybody down and get everybody back in their seats. 
And so he hands me a note that reads, the internet causes fighting or something like that. The internet causes fighting. That's all it said. Well, at this point, as I'm trying to quiet people down, I recognize that my microphone's not working. So people, you know, the advantage speakers have usually is that you got a microphone. So if you say, hey, let's be quiet, everybody, everybody can hear you. But now as I'm on stage trying to quiet people down and getting everybody to go back to their seats, I realize my microphone's not working and I'm having to shout to people to get their attention. So the next thing that happens is since the entire audience has now moved onto the platform, I decide to go down to the seats where they were supposed to be, but now it's completely empty because the commotion has kind of shifted. And when I did that, the microphone started working again. And I was able to get everybody's attention and they were listening to me again. And then after that, I, I recognized uh, an old uh, college friend that was on stage. And so I asked him uh, to say a prayer. And then after that, I just woke up. Mm. And I immediately took out my iPhone and just jotted it down because it was just, it was so bizarre, that sequence of events from speaking to the commotion, the commotion moving, the weird note, and the fact that I remembered what the note said, the internet causes fighting. I mean, what in the world does that mean? And then what does it mean that when I was, when I moved to where the people were supposed to be, all of a sudden the microphone came on again, you know? It, it seemed like there was something to that that was more than just um, a random thoughts and ideas that happened to float into my mind because I was asleep. Um, I'll share one more dream. I, t I told you this one the other day as well. Um, and these are, this is also religious in nature. This is actually the last, the, the, the last dream I can remember. Uh, and this was probably January of 2019. That shows you how infrequently I, I remember my dreams. Um, so in this dream, my wife and I are in Assisi and, um, I believe we're on a train or something like that. And I remember seeing, because when you're in Assisi, St. Francis is all over the place. His pictures, uh, icons, statues, etc. And so I remember on one occasion going up to um, a picture of St. Francis. And for some reason, I said to St. Francis, um, help me, you know. And I just kept saying, hey, help me, help me. I need your help. And as I was saying this to St. Francis, uh, it was like, it was like the picture was alive, you know what I mean? Um, and so I'm, I'm expecting St. Francis to talk to me or something like that. But as I'm saying, hey, uh, help me, the picture all of a sudden became a reflection, like a mirror. And I saw uh, uh, the preacher tabs. If you look at an old picture of John Wesley, you'll see that he has this, these white preacher tabs, um, almost like a long bow tie. Those are called preacher tabs. Well, those preacher tabs appeared on me in the reflection. And at that point, I woke up again. And it was just so, so vivid, uh, so real that when I woke up, I immediately wrote it down. And I began, and, and in that instance, I actually told some friends so that um, they could pray because I believed that God was trying to tell me something uh, through those dreams. Um, every now and again, when I have a dream like that, I'll be in a situation years later or months later or days later. And then 
once the situation's over, the dream will pop back into my mind and I'll realize like, oh, okay, this is something that God was preparing me for. It doesn't happen in every occasion, but there's been several occasions where I've been doing something and you almost experience it as deja vu, like a feeling that you've been here before, you've done this thing before, but really it's, um, at least in my, in, in my instance, really it's just the fact that you've dreamt this before or something similar to it. Mm-hmm. So it has that powerful feeling of deja vu. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I've, I don't have them very often, but every now and again, I will have these vivid uh, dreams where I just wake up feeling like God is trying to get my attention. God is speaking to me. God is, is wanting me to uh, become aware of something, you know? Mm-hmm. So I guess, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Very interesting. It is. I think that points to an important distinction that we should make. Like we both said, we're not masters of what dreams mean, but I think this also points to an important difference to that not all dreams are going to mean something spiritual. Right. We we should remember that because I think there are some people who might have terrible dreams um, depending on different circumstances, but that doesn't mean like that dream is going to be followed by a real life event. Sure. No, of, of course. And, you know, and that's why I asked um, if you pay attention to what you did the night before you had dreams, because I've, you know, there, I've had dreams that were, were horrifying, uh, but then I realized, oh, man, we just watched that movie. So, of course, I would dream about the world exploding because in the movie, uh, the world exploded, you know, and sometimes it's just your mind goes on thinking and you just happen to be asleep. But sometimes, and I think what we're describing here is where it seems like someone else is thinking in your brain and that's your dream. It has that vivid, uh, that vivid sense uh, to it. Uh, and then you wake up and you're just gripped by it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that leads us to, to really begin a conversation of why God uses dreams. When it is one of those vivid dreams, um, why does God use dreams to communicate to people? That's a, that's a really good question. Um, something that I like to think about, something that's really big in my life when I think of like theology or scripture, is this idea of the abundance versus scarcity mindset. Um, and this is in Walter Brueggemann's work most frequently. I'm not going to like talk about that in a bunch, but mm-hmm. that's just so people can go back to look at it. But something that I like to think about is that we're, as humans, we're very, we're very protective of our thoughts. Mm-hmm. We're very protective of our time. And when it becomes to those dreams, like the dreams that we're talking about, maybe God is using them because we're not allowing him to act in our lives currently. You've mentioned the phrase, it feels like someone's thinking for me. And maybe God shows us what he wants for us in those dreams. Like my dream of trying to decide whether or not to be a pastor or a professor, that feeling of having joy in the midst of doing pastoral ministry in my dreams helped me make my decision. Rather than when I was awake, I was thinking, I really want to be a professor because I enjoy academics and I also want to be known for writing commentaries. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I, I definitely, I, I agree with that. I think dreams are one of God's ways of communicating uh, with people. I happen to believe that 
like if you read the Bible, you'll see that, you know, there's dreams, there's vision, then there, there's prayer, then there's just ongoing communication, right? It's interesting that the Bible never talks about Jesus having dreams or visions, you know, but all the time Jesus talks about hearing from his father. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I think, and I could be wrong, but I think that dreams are for those who are having difficulties hearing what God is trying to tell them. And so God will get a hold of them while they're sleeping, while they're still, right? Mm -hmm. While they're not, while their minds aren't chasing this and that and all over the place. But now God has a captive audience that's just lying there. And so God will give them a dream to kind of capture their attention. And I think there's kind of a hierarchy where there's the, uh, this person is literally unconscious right now. So I'm going to speak to them. Then there's a vision where someone is conscious but they have one of these moments where um, they're almost transfixed or something like that. And their consciousness is, uh, is taken to another place. Um, and, uh, you know, we don't have to talk about that, but I've had an experience like that as well. And then there's the God speech where you are conscious. You are in the reality that, that you exist in, but you just have an ongoing relationship of speaking to God and being spoken to. I think... The goal for all of us is to be in that realm, because that's the, the space I think Jesus inhabited, where he just had an ongoing relationship with his father. And when God would speak, whether it's a whisper or a shout, Jesus could hear his voice and respond. But as for me, I'm not there yet. Mm -hmm. I'm learning to get there. And every now and again, I think my mind is wandering uh, and, and in so many different places of of things I want to do either for God or for myself. And so God will send me a dream to capture my attention and get me to, uh, uh, to really turn to him to try to understand what the heck does this dream mean? You know, mm -hmm. for sure. For sure. That's a really, that's a really interesting point. And I, I've, I've seen that in my own life too, just with the different experiences with, um, the dreams in which they feel blatantly real. And it feels like I wake up saying that's something I could live into mm -hmm. and I follow it and I chase it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even in the Bible, I mean, we see that, I mean, there's so many occasions with dream. I mean, the famous ones would probably include Joseph and the dreams he had when he was in jail, where the, the two guys that were, um, servants of the Pharaoh came and uh, he interpreted their dreams. Then you have Daniel interpreting the dreams of, of Nebuchadnezzar. Mm -hmm. um, so there's an abundance of proof that God speaks to people often uh, through dreams. Um, and God uses his people uh, to help others understand that this is God speaking to you through dreams, whether those people happen to be in a right relationship uh, with God or not. Uh, God uses dreams uh, often. And, and why wouldn't God? Um, if, if dreams are a means of communicating with people, I think God will avail himself of every opportunity to get uh, people's attention. Uh, and dreams just happen uh, to be one of them. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll share another one real quick. Or actually, let me just, I'll share the, uh, I've shared this in church. Um, so I, I don't mind sharing this one right now. 
as well. But this was this isn't a dream. This was a vision that I had. Okay, and I just like to hear your reaction on it. So this also this happened in college. A friend of mine. He invited me to come to his church. He's part of the holiness tradition, the mm -hmm. apostolic church. And, you know, they they believe that a sign that you had the Holy Spirit was that you would speak in tongues, you know. And I didn't speak in tongues. And so, you know, he said he, he kept bugging me. You want to you want to come? We'll lay hands on you, blah, blah, blah. So eventually I said, yeah, because I did want to have a deeper life with God. And in part, it was to just get him off my back and. I did also have this real desire uh, that if there was more for me uh, than I wanted to go and, you know, receive more of God or something like that. So we go to his church. I remember it's a Wednesday afternoon. It's me, him and the office manager there. We start praying, you know, and and keep in mind, his goal is still, you know, they want to get me to speak in tongues. But we start praying. And as I'm praying, you know, they're just kind of counseling me to say whatever I want to God, open myself up to, to God. So as I'm doing that, I just start confessing things, you know, just talking to God. I, I almost forget that they're there. I just I'm, I'm confessing. Uh, I'm crying. Um, it's just a really intimate and vulnerable moment for me. All of a sudden the room that I'm in, we're in their sanctuary, the entire room turns golden. And as I'm looking up, I see two palms coming down towards me out of a golden robe. And this happened for maybe, it couldn't have been more than 15 seconds. Just the room was brilliant with gold and these arms are extended out towards me, golden arms coming out of a golden robe and they just keep getting closer and closer and closer. And then I'm back in the room again. Mm. And I look at the I look at the guy and I look at the lady and I'm like, did you see that? And they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, and I, I explained to them, you, you didn't just see the, you know, the golden hands coming out of the ceiling. And after and I remember when I drove home, I remember calling my dad and telling him about it. And it didn't occur to me until years later what that meant and why God gave me that uh, experience. And I think it's similar to dreams. It wasn't necessarily about gold or the arms or whatever, but it was a situation in which I had just become vulnerable to God and I was confessing to God. And I believe that was God's way of extending himself towards me saying, you're welcome. You know, I, you are accepted by me. You know what I mean? Uh, because in that time of vulnerability, you know, when you're vulnerable, man, you, you really put yourself out there. And I think that was God's way of saying, but you're still welcome here. You're still beloved by me. Mm -hmm. Uh, you're still my son and I love you. Um, but I think that that functions in much the same way as dreams where God is like, how can I communicate this to this son of mine who's feeling very vulnerable? And he uses a form of communication uh, to get that across to me. That was very vivid, uh, very lively. Um, and it's made an impression upon me that I don't think I'll ever forget until the day I die, you know. 
Yeah. That's a powerful experience, man. Yeah. Hmm. You want to hear my response to that, you said? If you have one, go ahead, man. I mean, hmm. I'm more of a thinker than I am a feeler. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I struggled with in college was trying to understand how God acted in the world. Mm -hmm. I thought it was really cut and dry about how God acted. I was like, you know, God's just going to act in ways we're going to understand right away. But I don't think that's true. I even remember thinking, I don't know if things like that happen anymore. But I remember hearing that story like two weeks after thinking that in undergrad. I remember sitting in the family hall and you preaching that. Oh, I did share that. You yeah, did. you were there when I shared that. That's right. And I was thinking, I was like, okay, God does act in these ways used to be a skeptic towards those type of experiences, but I don't think I am anymore. Because mm -hmm. I do have experienced something similar to that. Um, I remember in undergrad, I was in a very down place. If this story is okay to share. We'll see once you share All it. All right. <laughs> and I, I just think, when I think of this experience, once again, I don't know if it was a mind trick. Like, you know, you know we often as creatures not being able to see the full reality of God, we will often categorize these things as mystic phenomenon, or we're going to think of it as something that we're going to have to compartmentalize as sure. our imagination. Sure. But I remember I was, I was particularly down in undergrad at this point, and I remember having this joy. I was walking, I was on my way to a little library on campus. And I just remember being up in the clouds. I would not stop laughing during that experience. And that happened from the moment I was walking across the street from the library or from the one building to the library. Mm -hmm. You were just kind of fits of laughter. Yeah. So. What was the situation around that? Situation as in. Yeah, like what happened? I mean, did you you just started laughing? Like what preceded it? What was going on in your life? I remember being in a fit of sorrow because I didn't feel like I belonged. Mm. And then, how long had that been going on? That was around a year or so. Mm. And then, out of nowhere, this joy hit me, and I was laughing. And when my professor saw me, I went to a Christian undergrad. And he asked me in Greek class. He was like. Mr. Fry, why were you laughing the other day? I think he knew what was going on. I was like, you know, I just thought of a funny joke. I didn't know how to explain it at that time. But, uh, yeah. I'm trying to remember his name from the 20th century. Uh, very famous. He was a lawyer. I can't remember his name right now, but he describes a similar situation where he was uh, sitting under a tree, and he describes... He used the language of waves of joy washing over him. And he had to ask God to stop because he felt like he couldn't, um, he couldn't handle all that joy anymore. And he was in a situation where he'd been praying for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And in this moment, he just received that, uh, that gift. And he described it as waves of joy to the degree where, like imagine, it's almost like when you're being tickled as a kid, right? And, um, you know, everyone enjoys laughter, but you also want it to stop because it's like your body just can't take it anymore. 
That's what he described it as. And so that's another form of, of God reaching out and just letting us know um, that everything's going to be well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or, mm-hmm. um, or letting us know of who he is in the midst of the situation. So in the midst of our sorrow, God, who is joy, personified he god is joy you know god is good god is love i think that's a way that god just lets us know in the midst of your situation the fact that i'm present means that everything is going to be more than okay mm-hmm. you know um so it's good man i'm i'm really thankful that we serve a god that will use dreams that will communicate uh through any means necessary to to get things across to his people. Because as we said, we've seen that example over and over and over again um, in scripture. Um, so what would you, let's let's go ahead and transition to what people should do if they have dreams that they believe are from God. First of all, how do you, how would you help someone determine if the dream they're having is from God or if it's just a normal dream? I feel like I don't want to say that those dreams would be really vivid because I've heard friends who have like dreams are super vivid, but they're just goofy dreams. Mm-hmm. Like they don't make a lick of sense. I think that those dreams would have to make sense in some way. Like I think your story about you, your dream, your dream about you being in church and then getting off the stage. And once you're off the stage, you can preach means something mm-hmm. like that points to to me, that points to some sort of theological doctrine of the incarnation that you may try, be trying to find the will of how to be a minister in the world, mm-hmm. being with people. I think it has to, you know, align with Scripture in some sense. Oh, yeah, of course. For sure. Everything, our theology should be rooted in Scripture. If it isn't, it's not good theology. Right, right. I think also along the lines of recognizing God's speech, whether it's a dream or a vision or a sensation or a thought in your head or a voice that you hear, I think coming to understand the quality of God's voice, what God sounds like, that's the easiest way to say it. That's, that's eventually what helps me recognize um, or bolt up awake because it, I, I have that kind of sensation that God has spoken to me. And it's almost like, I know we've talked about this before, but I can recognize Ashanti's voice in a crowd. You know, um, if we're if we're at Disney World and I've and I hear someone saying Meshach, you know, the way that person says it. There's, you know, there's a tone, there's a, a kind of feel to it that I've grown accustomed to where before I even turn to look, I know that's Ashanti or that's Charlie, that's Samira, that's Eli, Trinity, Gabriel. I know who that is. And I think when God speaks to us, all of God's speech, whether it's a dream, a vision, a prayer, a thought, whatever, or, or even when we're reading scripture, I think God's speech has a sense of uh has a certain kind of feel. Mm. And the more we spend time with God, just like Jesus said, my sheep know my voice and the voice of a stranger they won't follow. 
he's pointing to this relational quality that a person has with God where you just recognize this is God speaking to me. And, and I think you're right. It's not really the vividness of the dream uh, that's an indication, but I think it's the quality uh, of the dream. that. But it's something you have to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, just like if we talk about prayer, a lot of times people don't, people say uh, God doesn't answer my prayer, but what they really mean is I don't know when God is speaking to me. Right. I don't know when God is answering my prayer. I don't know when I'm hearing the voice of God or if I'm just thinking or something else. But as you grow accustomed to learning how God sounds and learning how God's voice makes you feel, I think that will help you in those waking moments to at least think the thought. This was just a normal crazy dream because I had too much pizza last night or man, this voice had the weight of God to it. It had a a certain kind of authority uh, to it. And that's what it sounds like. And in my own life, I've, I've learned to recognize that sense from time to time that, man, this is strange. This is God speaking to me. Mm -hmm. And, And even sometimes when I'm preaching, I'll say something that I didn't plan on saying. And it'll just feel like that was God that just spoke through me, you know? So I'd encourage people to, um, well, like you said, being rooted and grounded in Scripture will help you uh, get accustomed to what God sounds like, what God says, what God does, uh, the quality of God's voice. Um, And that would just help us kind of accustom ourselves so that when we do hear God's voice in in any different way, uh, we'll at least at first think the thought, could this have been God? And then we can take the next appropriate steps to discerning uh, if it could be God. For me, some of those next steps include writing it down. And I have a group of friends, um, uh, in addition to my wife, that I sh- I'll share the dreams with, just so that if there is some sort of an interpretation, um, they can at least be praying for me. But in many cases, uh, some friends have said, Meshach, as you are sharing that, Uh, this thought came into my mind and then they'll tell me something along the lines of an interpretation like Joseph did or like Daniel would do. What do you do? Like when you have a dream like that, what are, what are some steps that you take that could possibly serve as advice for uh, a listener that maybe um, has dreams or they want to know what to do when they think they have a dream that's from God? Yeah, I, I obviously shouldn't be the one to talk on this, because I usually just say, oh, it was just a dream Some most of the time until months later I'm hit with the reality. I'm like, that was not just a dream. Mm-hmm. I enjoy what you just said, though, that you have a group of people that you talk to other, th- other than your wife. Because yeah. First John says to test every spirit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a way for you to test the spirit and get a feel of the room. Because as a Christian, we're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses, even though it might not seem... That dream, a dream might not seem right to us. It may sound right to somebody else. And maybe someone, after hearing that story, can also hear God's speech yeah. and understand what God was trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. So, listen, if, if you are listening, um, and first of all, I'd like, if anyone has had dreams that you believe are from God, then get, get in touch with us. We would love to hear it. Uh, we'd also like to be praying with you if you think that God is speaking to you and you're, you're trying to understand 
uh, what God may be saying. Like I said earlier, we're not experts. I'm certainly not Daniel and Tyler's certainly not Joseph, uh, but we can pray for you. And, uh, and, and I, I think the ultimate prayer is that we would become the kind of people that can discern the voice of the Lord uh, in the same way that Jesus did, uh, where he spoke to God openly. Or even like I said of Moses, uh, God said of Moses, uh, I don't speak to Moses like I speak to the other prophets, but I speak to him face to face. You know, he's, he's as someone that just walks around my household. Uh, and that's the goal is that God's speech to us would be in that way because our relationship uh, has grown to that uh, degree. Well, I think that's the end of our episode today. Um, so, hey, thank you so much for, for listening and for tuning in. Uh, you can help us grow by um, by sharing this episode. If you think it'd be helpful to someone, then please share it with them. If you haven't yet done so, please subscribe so that you can know about future episodes that are coming out. Uh, and also, you know, we're trying to grow our podcast. Um, we'd like to eventually uh, get some better technology so that we can have some video versions and post clips on YouTube and stuff like that. So if you'd like to visit modernmagi.club and find the, the link to our podcast page, and you'll see a button that uh, gives you the opportunity to contribute to our virtual tip jar. And you can help us keep on growing in this small endeavor. Our next episode is going to be about heaven and hell. We know those are big topics that a lot of people are interested in. So tune in and we're going to do our best to, uh, to speak on that from a pastoral uh, standpoint. Thank you so much for listening, guys.